97.71. So, for my uh, Latin American change makers, I have Brazilian street artists, and I'm specifically looking at Paulo Ito. I've got Frida Carlo, and I have uh, Rigoberta Menchu, who is a uh, political activist from Guatemala. My person, she was a really good change maker. Her name was Frida Carlo, and her husband was Diego Rivera. She got into a pretty gnarly wreck when she was younger and got impaled. So then she um, set out her life to be some self-portrait artist. most famous picture was called the Thorn Necklace. This one is representing, in my opinion, like being tamed or trapped. And nowadays her artwork is used to help feminism and activists. She's, a, she's considered one of the first feminists. And her popularity has grown even after she died. When was that painting made? Well, so she painted this painting around 1940. So why did she make the painting in the first place? She was just very creative for a time, and it was very rare for a female artist to be an artist almost. Do you think she was making a statement while doing that? So, like, historians um, think that it's like, for example, a sentence from Biography.com says, Frida Kahlo is viewed by many as an icon of female creativity. That is kind of like saying that she... She, she was just kind of like a creative female who's now taken into a broader picture of feminism and women's rights. Right. And so that's how I think she made her change to the community, kind of after her time, prime time or whatever. Do you think she was successful for what she was doing? I mean, I, I don't think she was as successful back when she was, you know, an artist and actually painting the pictures. I think she's a lot more successful now, now that she's famous. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like street artists. They're not too successful, you know, when they're painting the art. But after, if it's something really significant. All right, that, that's, how, that's how it is with most things. Yeah. I mean, when somebody's trying to accomplish something, it's not until the results are made, until people really notice this person. Yeah. So do you believe that her accomplished, like, she was trying to, like, show that women can do it too, basically? I mean, I don't know if that was her, like, goal intention to, you know, spark women's rights and stuff, but her artwork has definitely been turned into a, um, a statement. She, all right. So, like, I think that kind of relates to your topic of Brazilian street artists, you know, like, trying to make a statement and maybe being recognized after the fact. Like, I think one of your people, uh, Juice, painted some pictures on some garage doors of starving children in, you know, Brazil, I think. Can you talk about that? Let's talk about how street art actually started. So it started in March 2009. The Brazilian government passed a law called the 706-07, which made all street art illegal no matter what it was. And it really made lots of artists have the freedom to do what they want. Um, Specifically, one of the artists who I'm talking about um, made an image, like you stated, about 
going against the World Cup and and how like all the money was being um used for the World Cup tournament instead of like the really for instead of like for poor people who don't have enough money on the streets. And he made uh like a crying Brazilian child eating a soccer ball <laughs> because um the government really wasn't using the money in the right place. And he actually did make a really big statement. A lot of the World Cup was really mad at him, but like Brazil the Brazilian president, the new Brazilian president, Dilama Rousseff announced an increase of welfare payments ahead of the World Cup anticipation of the October's election. He got millions of people to like come together and protest wow. against this. He like broke problems like including like the broken healthcare system. He also broke he got the um government to respond. So it's like he used his gift to bring awareness to, you know, the problems and whatnot. Yeah, I feel like a lot of these Brazilian street artists are able to like show pictures and I feel like pictures can say a thousand words and it can help bring emotion to people and help um just help people rise up against like even like in Afghanistan when um those kids wrote like spray painted words on a on a wall even though it wasn't a picture it started like a whole event in Afghanistan and yeah so I have a question for you. Okay. You did you say that this law that was passed prohibited uh, street art and made it illegal? No, it made uh, it, it made it legal. Legal. Okay. Correct. Yeah. I I didn't mean to say illegal, but uh, it made it legal for people, and people get like really creative with their street art, and a lot of these pictures are like really beautiful. Uh, a lot of street art is like work with each other. And they take heritage, and they usually sometimes draw about their feelings or emotions. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And most of the street art is uh, spray paint at Sao Paulo. Well, I mean, looking at this picture, it's, it, it looks more than street art. You know, when you think of street art, you, you think of, like, some sort of graffiti mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. gang signs. Yeah, whatever. I feel this like... This is, like, high quality right, right. here. I, I usually think of some type of hoodlum spray painting something on a yeah on a an abandoned building's wall, but in this painting, it really looks like a painting. Just it seems to be on a fence of some sort, and it it actually means something. It's not just spray painting. Billy was here. It's this is a huge uh, problem in Brazil, and yeah. it's really to just raise awareness because at this time um brazil was uh spending all of its money on the world cup while all these people are starving and it most of the people were below the poverty line yeah i mean like a lot of the i feel like lots of it is just like lots of these spray painting are like really good art it's not like stuff but it's like actual art well i think it's cool you know how they take like an activity that seems like really sketchy and shady you know Mm -hmm. painting on someone else's property and turn it into some sort of really moral you know a moral statement about your beliefs and right now what do you guys think about the fact that they passed this law that 
spray painting, or not not necessarily spray painting, but street art in general is legal. Because would you really want people to just be able to spray paint on whatever they want? Well, I mean, I think it's different over there because it's almost like a different type of culture. You know, right. like the, the, the architecture is different. The, the structure of the city is different. Maybe it fits in a lot better, you know, in Sao Paulo or wherever it is. Yeah, and they all these images can really bring like a change because like the government actually changed. They brought back the broken, they like, took away the broken health care, brought a better one, and this made lots of chairs like changes. It seems like the, they're almost like a third party speaking in. So, Nick, how is, like, the political side of things? So, my person is, as I said before, my person is Rigoberta Menchu, who is a, uh, she's a political activist from Guatemala, and she's dedicated her life to pub- publicizing the rights of Guatemala's feminists during, after the uh, Guatemalan War, the Civil War, and to promote indigenous rights in the country. And, actually, uh, she's not as, um unknown as street artists are in Brazil, because she actually won a Nobel Peace Prize in 1992. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's yeah. That's great. And she won, and the Prince of Asterius Award in 1998. Yeah, um, that's pretty significant. Right. It's, it's a lot. And then she also wrote a book, and uh, or she, she was the subject of a testimonial biography called Rigoberta Menchu in 1983. I mean, if you're even just getting a Nobel Peace Prize awarded to you is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't stop there. She's the um, she's the UNESCO Goodwill Ambassador. And uh, since she's such a big figure in indigenous political parties, she ran for president in 2007 and 2011. Oh, wow. Did she, was she one of those Gary Johnson people, or did she actually have some sort of chance of winning um she obviously she didn't win yeah as i said that she ran and didn't isn't the president but um she's done plenty in her life so she doesn't necessarily have to be the president to make a change yeah what are some of those things that she uh yeah you say that she's like change something or like motivate people is she like one of those to brazil yeah, I think she's kind of like one of those people who, you know, like, I guess advocates for the minorities, like the, the remaining indigenous peoples. Mm-hmm. You know, but maybe Nick could tell us more about that. Okay. So, it, so first of all, I'm just going to give a bit of her life story really quickly. I just kind of went on the surface. So, uh, in her early life in 1981, she had to go into hiding in Guatemala and then flee to Mexico. And, and so... Over the years, she became widely known as a leading advocate of Indian rights because she was, uh, her culture was, uh, she was an Indian peasant, and she was a she was a part of a branch of the Mayan culture. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, but she found her place um, through reform activities to the Catholic Church, and she became a very prominent member. Of women rights in the women rights movement when she was only a teenager. So yeah, that kind of relates back to my person. You know, they're both women's rights activists. I mean, mine wasn't so direct; it was more like her work was used indirectly to represent women's rights. 
I, I feel like your person is more like hands on. Can you explain more about that? So, again, um, she's gone through a lot in her life, right? I mean, her family was accused of taking place in illegal activities. Her father, Vincent, Vincent was imprisoned and tortured and tortured for allegedly participating in the execution of a local plantation owner. Oh wow, that's. Mm-hmm. And then that same year, her brother was arrested, tortured, and killed by the army. And oh. so her life is filled with tragedies. And so I find it amazing that she's been able to bounce back from that and bounce out of poverty and just really share her message with people that follow her. Yeah. So why do people follow her? Well, because she's a huge member of the society, of society, only in... Um, 1983, there people were writing about her, and that that's huge. At this point, she's 57 years old, and she's had a lot of uh, life accomplishments since then. But to do as much as she did back then, to have somebody write about her, it's it's insane. So she won these prizes for a reason, like the Nobel Peace. Peace Prize, the Prince of Asterius Award, and the Order of the Aztec Eagle. I mean, they don't just give those out. Yeah, yeah exactly. They don't. They don't just give out these random awards to random people. Yes. So her career, she followed in the footsteps of her father. She became a member of the CUC in 1979. Continued fighting for the rights of Mayan people who were persecuted by the Guatemalan government. Afterwards. In 1980, she became a part of the Large Farmer Workers' Strike, which was organized by the CUC. Oh, so she did a lot of things with the CUC. The CUC was kind of, uh, at some diversity. They kind of did mm-hmm. different um, Throughout her life, she's she was a part of the CUC. And um, she helped the United Representation of the Guatemalan Opposition in 1982, which opposed the militaristic rule in Guatemala. Oh. She was... She was exiled in the demonstration of uh, Guatemala of the Guam in the t- ah! so <laughs> so although she had been in exile since the demonstration in Guatemalan capital, she came back to the country to plead the Mayan peasant class case multiple times. So now we're going to be talking about how these change makers would affect today's society in America. So I believe that Paul Ito would be very um like, enthusiastic about poverty in America. I think he would love to change, like, poverty in certain areas of our country. I think he would enjoy doing that. And how would and how would he? How would he? I think he would just use us as, like, um, painting images, imagery, and imagery can really, like, just bring out human emotion and help people do amazing things. And I think that's what he could do. Uh, and so, so the main thing that he would be focusing on would be, like, uh, spray painting something on the side of a building about poverty... But here's the thing. Do you think that it would be okay for him to do that in uh, America because that law isn't passed? Well, that's kind of a difficult task. So if he was going to like make a statement about poverty in America by spray painting, it can be um, kind of hard. So I think he would have to do like set up with organizations or something to mm-hmm. actually do right. that. Like, like a mural. Or maybe yeah. if he had like, yeah, like some sort of designated spot to paint. All right. Yeah. So, so. O- Oliver, what do you think about... Uh, your person. So I think Frida Carlo, instead of just being um, one of the first women to like paint and like be uh, independent in her work and 
be one of the first people to start in that field. I think because of our already nowadays we already have like a um, a feminist society who are encouraging people to do this, and I right. think she would really get involved within that and use her gift to support that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, and so I I think uh, Rigoberto Menchu would be very similar to her because one of her really big passions is feminism and but I also think that she's gonna be that she would in in America I think that she would also uh, be protesting about civil rights and more specifically feminism yeah definitely but I think that she could start an organization join organizations but I think that she'd be a very prominent member of um, civil rights movements and feminism that's about all the time that we have. I'd like to thank Clayton and Nick for talking with us on 97.71 The Globe. Our citations are Biography.com, The New York Times, Complex.com, WideWalls.China, NobleWomen'sSenative.org, NoblePrize.org.